would I offend you if I take my jacket off? I'm warm. Are you? Thank you. That feels better. I want to first of all greet you in the name of the Lord from the brothers and sisters in the Vineyard Church. And if you're okay, I'll take your greetings back to them this afternoon. I, um, I have a sermon prepared for you, and then I feel very impolite, but then right after the sermon, I need to run over to the other church, because then we have a baby dedication. And as a pastor, I want to be there. So <clears throat> please forgive me for running out and not greeting you personally after the service. Would you please um, turn your Bibles to John 13, the Gospel of John 13, verse 3. And um, this is a, a very precious um, principle that the Lord shared with us through the conversation with his disciples um, that is quite touched my heart over the last um, um, couple of months. It's a lesson for me as well. Uh, we've celebrated Easter this spring, and just before Easter, the Lord Jesus sits down with his disciples to have the Passover supper. And then <clears throat> this is what's recorded. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, do you not realize you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, 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 said Peter. You will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, Unless unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And then Lord said Peter, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, through, though not every one of you. Let's stop there. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware, probably you are, but just so you know, the way these uh, the people in the, the East at that time would recline and have dinner together was not the way we do it. We sit up straight on a chair at a table, at least in my house, I tell my children, told my children, they're all old and they've, they're independent now. Uh, I told them, sit up straight. Use your, f your utensils and eat properly. Here, <coughs> they would lie down on a reclining kind of bed-like seat with their feet outward from the table and uh, joining together, lying down at the table, reclining, relaxing, and having food together. Um, the washing that Jesus does is a sign of hospitality that normally you would arrange for your guests when they arrive. You would have a servant ready with a bowl of water and some towels, and you would wash their feet. 
of course, in the Middle East, in the place where Jesus was uh, living and working, uh, people would walk on sandals, not on these boots like I wear. Way too hot. So all through the day, dust and sand and mud would, uh, would be sticking on uh, to their feet, and they would come into your house with dirty feet. Now, Jesus had asked his disciple to arrange this meal. So a sign of hospitality and respect to one another and to their master would have been to arrange for a servant to do this, to show this act of hospitality. But they forgot. Now, that's really painful. <coughs> um, so there they are, <coughs> and acting as if nothing was wrong, they all just lay down at the table with dirty feet. And that's not supposed to happen. But it's like the elephant in the room. Nobody wants to talk about it. And you know what that means, right? The elephant in the room. We totally ignore it, though it's there as, as large as life. Why don't they want to talk about it? Well, who's going to get the blame? Who forgot? And who should have done it? And who is how are they now going to solve it? Um, so I don't know what they were thinking, but this best ignore strategy doesn't work. And the same way the best ignore strategy, if you have dirty feet in your life, doesn't work. It doesn't work um, because it's smelly and it's dirty and it's not proper, it's not appropriate, but it doesn't work either if you want to follow Jesus and you're with him at the table. He won't ignore it. So my best advice to you is don't try this strategy. In the end, Jesus stands up, and there you, you can imagine the, the shock. What's he going to do? What, why is he standing up? Did we? No, he's not going to. Is he really? Yes, he is. He picks up a bowl. He pulls up his, his uh, rope, ties it around his waist, <coughs> kneels down, and begins to wash the feet of every one of his disciples. Now, that's really painful, and that's really, well, them forgetting was inappropriate, but this happening, the master washing the feet of the servants, of the, of the students, that's really not the way it's supposed to be done. So <coughs> this is, well, I'm, I'm not sure if Peter was the first one that Jesus started washing the feet of, but Peter, Peter as far as the story goes, is the first one who spoke up. He says, no, 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 Lord, this really cannot happen. You cannot do this. Um, you will not wash my feet. I honor you too much. Well, if that's the case, then why did Peter not arrange for someone to wash the feet in the first place? If I honor Jesus too much to appear at his table with dirty feet, why do I come in the first place? <coughs> but Jesus loves his disciples, loves me and loves you enough to not ignore it, to stand up and to start serving us. But then there is a very um, puzzling conversation because then Jesus says, when Peter says, well, okay, Lord, if you have to do this, then wash, wash me completely. And Jesus says, no, no, no. You don't have to be washed completely. You've already been washed. Now, how does that work? If you, if you compare this lesson to, to life, what does Jesus really mean? Now, I would like to take you to another scripture to have a better look at that. Um, let's see. 
in, <coughs> see if I have the reference here. Jesus at one point said, I can't find the reference quick enough. Uh, Jesus at one point says, you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. You know that scripture, don't you? You are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Now, <coughs> in order to really understand this and be able to apply it to our daily life, let's let's try to figure out what, what does that mean. Washing your feet is like washing off the dirt that sticks to you from daily life. And Jesus makes such a point of this that he says, if you don't allow me to do that, you don't have part of me. And that's where I... I was puzzled when I when I really began to study this scripture because I thought, okay, but Jesus, isn't it like when I accepted you as my Savior, I was washed in the blood of the Lamb, and that's how I became part of you or how you became part of me or how I entered into your kingdom. And yet Jesus says, no, no, no. If you don't allow me to do this, wash off the dirt of everyday life, you don't have a part of me. Why? Let's look at John 15, verse 1 through 8. This scripture might help us understand a little bit more. What is Jesus exact, exactly referring to? Jesus says in John 15, 1 through 8, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will bear even more fruit. You are already clean. There it is. That's the one I was looking for just now. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you will be like a you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now I am not a wine uh gardener I, I don't have uh, wine uh, fruit growing in my garden um, but I have a um, uh, how do you call that the 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 husband of my wife's sis my wife's sister that's the word brother-in-law is that okay I have a brother-in-law and he has planted several rows of vines in his garden he lives in California in the US and that's good climate for that so I asked him, what is this, what is this like? Wh what is he talking about? And then he told me that um, when a, a vine starts growing, it starts, branches starts co start coming out. And there are some branches that will bear fruit, but then in the, the corner of where the branch grows out, another one wants to grow out. And they call those the thieves. And unless you cut the thieves away, this good branch will not bear proper fruit or not at all because the thief is stealing all the needed uh, s food and water and supplies that the branch needs to bear fruit. 
So basically what Jesus is explaining here in the, the parable of the vine and the branches and the, um, <coughs> the gardener is that make sure that the thieves are cut off. Because if you don't cut the thieves off, you won't bear fruit. Now, what is he talking about in real life? I think if you put these two stories together, we will get a better picture. <coughs> if I, in my daily life, I, I get confronted with many things. Many things stick to me. Things, uh, impressions, reading the newspaper, watching the news, the way people talk, the way people look at me, the, what thoughts fly around and seem to pass right through my brain sometimes. Um, all these things tend to stick. And if they stick, they don't necessarily even have to be sin. They're just impressions. But these impressions can stick and begin to, to fest on the, f the food that's meant for the vine that bears the fruit. And if they stick and if they start growing, if I allow them to stay, they begin to take away the fruit. They begin to become thieves. They need to be cut away. Now, how does the cutting work? I've been pondering on this, and, and it's been very helpful. <coughs> uh, we use a uh, pastoral counseling uh, prayer service in our church, and some of the principals there help me. Some of the teachers there explain many people struggle with lies. And those lies have a source. If, if, if we speak of those thieves in the, in the, uh, the corners between the vine and the, and the branch, um, who, who really is the thief? Who comes not to do anything but steal and destroy? He's the accuser of the brethren. And he would love the dirt to stick so that he can invest on it and be begin to grow out of that something that is not the word of God. Something that is opposed or is, is, an, is, a, is a, how would you say that best? Is, is an imitation but just short of the truth of the word of God. Just an example. <coughs> Sometimes for someone looks at me in a way that sticks to me. Do you know that? I, l I like it when people smile at me or approve me or, you know, I'm sensitive to that. So if you don't smile at me, sometimes I think, what is he or she thinking? Now you, you might not have been thinking anything at all. You were just looking at something behind me and you were thinking of your, what are you going to cook tonight or where are you going to go tomorrow? But this, this, just this little impression sticks to me and it begins to fester. It begins to feed. And it begins to grow into a thought that person doesn't like me. And it begins to either go this way, that person isn't right because I'm likable, and I start to accuse with the accuser. Or it goes that way, I am not likable. I probably did something wrong. And I begin to feel guilty about nothing because nothing happened. Those are the thieves that's the dirt that can stick to you. Now, how does Jesus prune us from that dirt? He says, you are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. It's a battle between truth and lies, brothers and sisters. <coughs> if I am 
willing to come to the table and say, okay, Lord, I need to have my feet washed. The process is, okay, what is going on inside of me every day? Like you have a meal every day, right? At least one. You come to the table every day, at least once. So you come to the Lord every day, at least once. And you sit down with him and say, Lord, here I am. <coughs> you know me better than I know myself. Help me understand, Lord, what is the dirt that sticks to my feet? And that's a completely different thing from having to repent all over again. That's why Jesus says, you are clean. You have been washed. That's why you're here, because you want to know Jesus. You want to follow Jesus. You have accepted his death. You have accepted the blood that paid for all your sin, and you believe in the resurrected Savior. Don't you? Yes? So now this applies to you. You are welcomed at the table with Jesus, and he invites you to have your feet cleansed. So when you kneel down and you pray, ask him, Lord, what sticks in my mind of this day? And then go one step further. Lord, is there a lie I'm beginning to believe? And then ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Because normally the, the things themselves, they're just dirt. They're easily washed off. They're not the problem. The things that begin to fester on them, the thoughts, the ideas, the the um, bolwerken we say in Dutch, uh, <coughs> strongholds that begin to grow out of them, they're the sieves. They're, begin to they're beginning to steal the nutrition that you need to grow and to be fruitful. So allow the Holy Spirit to tell you, Lord, and what helps me a lot is who do I need to forgive? If I ask him that, then he can show me, you think that person accused you. You think that person was angry at you, or you think this of that person. I'm beginning to realize all those strongholds that are beginning to build. And the sooner I bring them under the blood of Jesus, the sooner I allow the Lord, my Savior, to wash me from them, the better the fruit can grow. Because those thieves are cut off, and all the nutrition can go the right way. But it's not enough that they're cut off. I need the nutrients again. And that's why Jesus says, you are clean because of the word that I spoke to you. So the second step I would like to give, to give you as an advice is after you've asked, Lord, what is the dirt? What are the thieves that need to be cut off? And you've given them to the Lord and you've asked me, Lord, forgive me that I was partnering with the liar and the thief and prune me from this. I, I hand these lies over to you. Then ask him, Lord, what is the truth? And the truth I like to know most is, what do you think of me, Lord Jesus? Holy Spirit, how do you see me? Then ask him. And ask him to show you what he sees when he looks at you. And then he sees a promise. He sees the fruit that is coming, that is beginning to grow, and that's going to multiply hundredfold. <coughs> so that foundation for your life to be honest it's made me more of a happy person than ever before um philippians <coughs> one a uh, four I, I think you all know it four verse one through four do you know it by heart i know in dutch so i'm going to read it to you in english because i'm afraid i will trip if i do it in 
try to do it in English. <coughs> it's a great verse. You, you've heard it <coughs> many, many times, I hope. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm. Oh, I'm sorry. I picked the wrong verse here. Where are you? Rejoice, number four, verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. What would you call that? Your joy and your gentleness. What are those? Fruit of the Spirit. If you if you sing that song, the fruit of the Spirit is, then bring up the whole list. They're in there. This is fruit of the Spirit. Now let that be known. Let people be able to taste and see that. <coughs> Do not be anxious. What would that be? Anxiety. That's a thief. That's the joy thief above anything else. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. See, there it is. So I come before the Lord and I ask, Lord, Lord, what lies am I believing? What dirt is st tries to stick to my feet? Which thieves are trying to steal my joy? And then my request is, Lord, what is the truth? What is the truth about all the things that I'm anxious about? What is the truth about me? How do you see me in Christ? What is the truth about my future? What is the truth about my etc.? You can go on and on. And then it says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. That's, that's the beauty of it. Once that truth <coughs> is, is revealed to you, it doesn't matter how much reasoning or <coughs> how many emo emotions come, come your way, that peace, that truth, that joy is going to guard you. It's going to protect you. It's going to protect the fruit. It's going to um, create that safe place that you need where you can sit and dine like Psalm 23. He sets a table for me in front of all my enemies. Exactly. The thief doesn't have anything on you anymore. Your feet are clean as the whole of you is cleansed in Jesus Christ. So <coughs> would you mind... Standing up, let's pray. Don't, if you, if you can't stand up, just sitting down is fine as well. Let's just go before the Lord together. Dear Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for your blood shed on the cross, for your atonement before the Father that it is with us, like you said to Peter, <clears throat> you have been washed. You are part of me. But Lord, we understand and we respect what you say here, that unless, unless we allow you to wash our feet every day, we cannot have part of you continually. Because then the thieves will come and he will begin to vesture on our joy. He'll begin to steal this away from me. He began to steal the thing, the very thing that was supposed to bring the fruit in our lives. So today we want to come before you, Lord, 
And we want to ask you, Lord, will you wash our feet here and now? And Lord, we, 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 we ask you, please call us to the table every day. And would you please come and stand and remind us of this verse that unless we allow you to wash our feet, we will not stay part of you. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to, to tail us on this, to, to, to call us on into this. And right now we want to ask you, are there any lies, Lord, that we are believing? Is there any dirt that still clings to our feet? And I'm going to be just quiet for a brief moment so you can listen to what the Holy Spirit points you at. Lord, who do I need to forgive? And as the Lord shows you, just speak forgiveness. And Lord, what lie have I begun to believe? As the Holy Spirit reveals to you what the thief has invested into your thought life, confess the lie. Lord, forgive me for believing this lie. Cleanse me with your blood, I pray. Prune me now from this lie. I do not want to partner with the thief. I understand that he only comes to steal and destroy. I partner with you, Jesus, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, my Master. What is your truth about me? And in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I bless you with the truth that he loves you. He loves you so much that he was willing to give his own life for you. And he lives for you. He lives to be with you. He lives to share the supper with you. And he sets a table for you before all your enemies. He says, peace be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just stretch our hands towards him and also just pray for him. And I want you to not only...